This podcast provides a platform for our guests to express their own personal views and opinions. Some or all of these views and opinions may not be shared by Ben and or Yoel. Welcome to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. The podcast where we highlight stories of dads on the other side of divorce. To inspire and give strength to dads going through it. I'm Ben. And I'm Yoel. Welcome back to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, find us on social, Two Dad to Quit on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now on TikTok. We hope to see her, your stories, share your stories, and please reach out. We want to hear from you with your comments, with your questions, and we're really, really excited to keep hearing from all of our listeners. This week, we hosted Damian Andrews. He's a veteran of the Australian Army. He is a philanthropist a CEO of a foundation. He is the AD4C and a father of a 14-year-old boy. And we had a wonderful discussion uh, ranging from his relationship with his father growing up, his parents' divorce, his army service, and really diving into relationships. A lot about relationships and raising your child to be confident. It was a, you know, I've never met somebody that was so mission driven. Um, And you'll hear on the podcast that he's got missions for his own life, for his house, his family's traditions, missions left and right, and how he got to get that in his character, which was something that was a huge value of his family and um, his father. And there was, you know, he says his father just never got tired and he took that into his life and it was really really nice to hear um, and how that was kind of spread into all aspects of his life yeah and, and something that stands out for me is that he's just obviously just meeting him he's such a likable person and he talks about how he's you know raised his son to ask himself you know do you like yourself is he's very intentional about you know, making sure one understands his own self-worth, whether that's it's for his son, whether that's for himself. And it really comes across in the in, in, in the podcast. He's a really, I found Damien to be just a super likable guy. He also talked about not taking uh, oneself too seriously. He has a great sense of humor. He was a lot of fun to talk to and super impressive guy. I mean, he's doing so much. He also talks about giving back and he's doing so much for the community at large. Uh, we get into that as well. And uh, we also talked about relationships, which is a favorite topic of mine, as you know, Ben. And we got into that. So we really covered a wide, really a wide array of, of topics, as we usually do in the podcast. Uh, Damien was a super likable guy, very well-intentioned person, as you said, very conscious of what he's doing and how he's raising his son. He's being there as a dad. He's making time for his own life. And uh, he was somebody that uh, I really learned a lot from. And I'm, I'm very confident our audience will as well. Today we have Damien Andrews. He is a veteran of the military, having enlisted with Australia's Special Air Force Regiment, which is a special forces unit with the Australian Army. Following his Army service, Damien obtained a bachelor's degree in commerce and in business and specializes in corporate recovery, facilitating turnarounds for distressed companies. Damien is also a philanthropist, including such roles as CEO of Family Peace Foundation, aimed at preventing domestic violence. Damien is also a divorcee, a proud father of a kind and responsible 14-year-old boy 
with whom he maintains a close relationship. Damien is a passionate believer in the global community and among many other achievements, helps divorced fathers gain access to their children in the court system. So we are honored to have you here. Um, to all transparency, Damien actually reached out to us um, and wanted to see if we would help him share his message. And we were more than happy to do so. Um, and we're really, really excited to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here. It's um, yeah, really wonderful. And you're correct, I, I, I do a few things, and but most of all, I am I'm a proud dad, and I was always going to be a proud dad. I was always going to, I was never going to have a situation where um, I couldn't be with my son, and and we have uh, a quite amazing relationship. But similar, I'm very lucky that I you know, have a, an amazing relationship with my dad as well. It wasn't always that way, but <laughs> they say the um, the the father, the child doesn't become or the boy doesn't become a man until his father dies. And metaphorically, my dad wow. died over a packet of chips. And um, so he's still alive, but metaphorically, yeah. it was over a packet of chips. He died. And and we've had an amazing relationship ever since as well. So it was was rocky there at times. But yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of lucky in, in both sides. I have an amazing son relationship with him and a, an amazing relationship with my dad as and in being a son as well. Wow. And, and talking about your father, uh, we'd like to always get kind of a background story of you know, what kind of made you the person that you are, you know, everyone has their own stories of, you know, they do this and they do that, or this is important to them because, um, so we'd really like to hear kind of, you know, your background around that. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. My my dad, uh, well, my family upbringing was pretty traditional. Um, I'm, I'm Polish, Ukrainian, and a little bit of Russian. So I'm kind of, you know, maybe I could be the peace talks at the moment, uh, the, the facilitator for that, because I've got all three in me. Um, but my, my both my grandmothers were Polish. My granddad on my mum's side was Ukraine, and my granddad on my dad's side, he was uh, Polish with a little bit of Russian in him as well. His dad was Russian. Um, and so we had a traditional real uh growing up my my mum decided although she, my mum was fiercely uh, a very independent woman she was actually the first uh post world war ii she was the first female apprentice motor mechanic in australia and wow. she had to change states, states to go and do that so she was a fairly fiercely independent woman um which was great uh great to have that as part of my upbringing as well but she when she had children she said i want to be at home with the children and so my dad went to work he worked um uh so as i remember he he worked shift work uh, so he worked in a power station he was a controller in one of the power stations so he you know there was times where he was there during the day and i get to spend time with him um and you know and other times where he was away at work and he did things like he he had some of the the social uh sporting things that he attended with with his mates and and he went off to some i remember he went off to some um, camps with them um so he'd disappear for a weekend or so you know and, and then come back um but as far as the relationship goes, it's my dad and I, you know, certainly when I was younger, I had some, I have some really, really fond memories of, of, um, of our relationship. Uh, I remember working out with, um, my dad, actually, I don't, well, to first clarify, I don't ever remember my dad being the, um, the authoritarian in the house as far as parenting goes. That was always my mum's yeah. job. And she was always the one yelling and with the wooden spoon to, to correct things that weren't, when you weren't behaving. And I didn't behave a lot as well. I was a very energetic child. 
And but I remember working at the back with my dad where he was building a new shed and the, the foundation for the shed. And I was looking at, and I was getting tired as I was shoveling. And I looked to my dad and said, Dad, you know, I'm getting tired. Don't you get tired? And he looked at me and I remember this very distinctly. And he goes, Nah, don't get tired, son. And um <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if that how that psychologically affected me, but I, I'm a bit of a workaholic now. And and it's like I just keep pushing through until yeah. you know two, three in the morning, like like Yol is doing at the moment. Yeah. And uh, I was gonna say Ben's the workaholic here, but yeah, okay. <laughs> we're we're all trying. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I remember a, a couple of things. There was a couple of close connections. So it, it wasn't always, you know, dad wasn't always there. Um, but when he was there, he was present. And, you know, so I remember at the front playing cricket in the, in the, on the footpath in the front yard. And, and I remember another time where, you know, he was chasing me around the, the yard and, 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 um, and trying to run away from that. And I have a a traumatic memory as well, where he had a, back in the day, he had a radio control car or remote control car. It's one uh-huh. of those ones where he had the controller, but it had a cable attached to it. And it okay. was a like a 1950s Formula One car. I remember it distinctly. It was white, but it made a lot of noise. And as a young child, I was sensitive to noise. And he had a lot of fun chasing me around the house with that. And I remember I was like, I was running away from it. And I ran into the bedroom and I stood on the, on the bed. And, and and as a dad does, he's laughing away at it. But you know, yeah. I'm freaking out. <laughs> And I remember doing the same thing to my sons. So. <laughs> <Fatherly laughs> son. you know, yeah, exactly. But it was, you know, so I had that, um, I think, and it was, had some really good experiences as well. You know, my dad was always one that helped out in the community. So we did things with the local footy club. Um, like, for example, when we had, when they had Christmas and preparing for the Christmas parties, um, he would bring home um, the, the lollies to build the lolly bags that Santa would give out at the Christmas party. So we, as a family, would would prepare these lolly bags, which is the kid you're always waiting because when there was odd lollies left off, somebody got to eat them. So it was kind right. of like that was really exciting. And, um, and also, too, I got to hang out with my dad um, you know, with his social friends as well. Uh, so he would play golf. And um, so I started playing golf and and actually he, he brought me along to, you know, with his mate. So where he's, you know, he came and, and I would play golf with him, but then, and this is, I was, I don't know, um, 12, so 12 or 13, hanging out with these grown adults. Um, and then I would go off, so they, they form pairs and go off, and I would actually form a pair, you know, uh, or form, not a, fair, a quad, it should be, um, and go off with other people. Um, then initially was going with my dad, but then I went, went off with other people, and then we'd all meet back up at the clubhouse afterwards, and they'd have a beer, and I'd have a soft drink. Um, you know, <laughs> and <clears throat> so as part of that, so I got to experience, you know, through my dad, I got to experience um some of that and and a similar sort of thing now I do with my son my son comes to when I play poker with my friends now um my my son comes along and plays that and he's been doing that since 13 and and he's been holding his own against the in the sledging (laughs) side of things (laughs) it's really special because some fathers are like nope that's my time you stay at home I'm going out I'm going to play golf I'm going to play poker I'm going to do whatever I want and uh, it sounds like you know your father passed this really nice uh, thing over to you to share with your son. Yeah. I, I hope you, when you were a kid, I don't know if you appreciated it, but uh, it sounds uh, like you grew into that appreciation for sure. 
Yeah, definitely. As a young kid, I, I don't know if I consciously appreciated, but I certainly, I think any child um, it, it has that connection with both parents, but certainly, you know, from my perspective with my dad, um, I, I had just, and it wasn't, I said, he did take his time for himself. He wasn't always, you know, um, there whenever I, you know, wanted. So it wasn't like, oh, you know, it was like, you know, I'm going off and doing my thing. He'd go to the footy club, right. um, you know, uh, after work or whatever. And, and, and it wasn't like there's a, that was our life constantly. He was always there. He wasn't, but when he was there, he was present. Um, right. And I think and he, that's what made the difference. So. Right. And he created those moments, which is, yeah. which and, is really important. Yeah. And it's the same with my son. I mean, he does a lot of things and, um, and, you know, I'm, you know, there's sometimes where when I'm with him, I'm really present, but there's other times where he'll come to me and want to do something. And, and especially when he was younger, I'd say, this is my time. I need to do this. I'll come back right. to you later, go and play or do whatever. And then, I, and then I'll address your question. So it was very set boundaries. And I think that's important. You know, we, we've got to, you've got to have time for yourself. Um, and, you know, but also too, you want to create that connection. I think that's partly why I'm, I'm a very, I've never yelled at my, my son, never had to um he you know uh, and, I, and i've just said i've set the boundaries from a very early age saying this is how how it's going to be right. and how many siblings do you have siblings um there's yeah. four of us so i have a sister that i grew up with uh she was a just on a year younger than me um and then there's another two so another sister and then a brother which um good question i don't pay attention to ages that much but uh, my my other sister's about seven years younger than me and my brother's nine years younger than me that's yeah that's correct yeah so yeah. i had a lot so, of close time with my sister with your father but... yeah okay sorry go ahead no no, no. Uh, i was just saying as the older one so i guess that's how you you got more time with your father also uh maybe um I hadn't thought about that. So I don't know. Obviously, I got more time because I'm a year older. But <laughs> whether it was, you know, in the the um, the scheme of things was was the case. But then, in when I was in year seven, so roughly around the the age of twelve, thirteen, I think it was thirteen. My parents split up, and my mum mm-hmm. moved away to the city because uh, we were in a country town. So, and we did, I didn't notice this at the time, but in now doing some of the things that I do, I kind of think back about it. And my, we literally didn't see our dad for about 12 months. Um, and although I guess partly too, that didn't seem for me, didn't seem that um, unusual, I guess, because when I was in grade six, we went on a holiday to uh, my, um, mum's brother lived in South Australia with his family and we would regularly go there for holidays but when we were um, just in uh, would have been just finished grade five because I was going into grade six um, we went to to for a holiday with them in South Australia in Adelaide which is you know an eight nine hour drive away um, if you're driving and for whatever reason we tried to do a child swap so maybe I wasn't a good child (laughs) Um, so their oldest child went back with um with my mum and dad and I stayed in South Australia with them so for a whole school term for for four months it was a a three-term year back then I I stayed in South Australia with them went to school there that kind of thing um and their daughter went and stayed with our family so it was a great experience to it was a long camp shall we say (laughs) but it got to do lots of really cool things and hang around I'm not sure how that came about um I'm pretty sure one of us would have suggested it one of the kids and the parents have thought about and gone oh 
yeah, why not? And um, so I had this time. So that there, there was like that's four months I wasn't with my dad. Um, and then I said when my parents did split up, um, we lived in the city, um, you know, with my mum uh, for a year. Um, and so my dad and and I, I didn't fully appreciate this when I was talking about it with my dad initially. Um, but we were talking about, you know, um, you know, separating and, and, you know, when I separated from, from my partner, um, who's the mother of son, we, um, you know, I was talking with my dad about that and, and he mentioned about, you know, back then he was told by friends, don't, don't worry about it. Just always be there. The kids will come back to you. Um, fortunately I was never in that position. Um, but you know, it was a, a good reminder that, you know, the connection and the bond that you have with your parents is pretty unbreakable. Um, if you, if you're constantly there with them or constantly in that, that frame of mind to be there for them when they are there. Or, and, and I, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but how did that, that, did you see it coming? Was it a shock? How did that, that affect you, your parents splitting up? Um, no, I mean, as a child, never, didn't really think about those kind of things i mean my parents had a um uh yeah kind of there was it's yeah it's it's hard to think that i mean there was i know there was a lot of arguing um there and um it's but i didn't know i didn't see it coming but and there was a lot with, you know, um, and there's a lot of studies to show this, that the kids generally take on the blame for when parents don't get along. Um, uh, and that there is, there, there are some good arguments that if you're not, it's not a good thing to stay in a relationship that's not working um, for the kids because you're actually not, you're hurting the kids. Um, but there's, you know, there's a lot of studies to that you can read on that if for, for people that want more information on that. Um and and I did carry a lot of that for a long time where, you know, uh, there was a lot of blame that I carried um, mm-hmm. for my parents' behaviour. Um, and, and that's I said that's quite common for kids to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess you reconnected with your father after after 12 <laughs> or after, after that year. Um well, that was, and, and that was an interesting time as well, because uh, and I was a teenager and teenagers tend to, you know, be a little bit rebellious and do that kind of want to do their own thing. Um, so having, my mum wanted us to be around our, our dad. So she moved back, which was, was oh. a good thing. So she had that intention. So that was a, a good thing. It wasn't sort of something that yeah. had to be mandated by a court or anything like that with some people experience. Um, so she did want us to be around um, our dad so we 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 moved back to the same town um, but then you know <laughs> it said being a teenager and you know wanting to be so whenever I got upset with one parent I just moved to the other parent so I just <laughs> went backwards <laughs> um, and and there was times there where you know being you know as a parent my dad had you know what he wanted was the the best interest for us and and obviously you know there was some well not obviously but there, there was some issues you know, with a with a teenager that's gone through a breakup that has some um, uh, self worth issues, which I, I had at the time, and and a bit of rebellious and and just you know, all that rolled into one. Um, 
so you know the communication with my dad wasn't always great um I said I don't remember my dad yelling uh, a lot if at all I'm trying to think of I know he must have I think there must have been times when he got frustrated and yelled but I don't remember that um and um it's yeah so and and there was this always a distance between us uh from sort of from the breakup onwards Mm. um and there was two things that kind of brought us back together uh a lot much later um after i'd done my time in the army i got out um, and i was working in the northwestern australia in the mine sites up there i went up there to do some construction work and then continued to work in the mines and my dad was going through a bit of a self-loathing period where he was unhappy with his life, still still living in the fact that, you know, the the marriage didn't work and and things that had flowed on from that. And and he was just going, and I, I think I was being selfish. I got a bit upset with that. But, well, I just didn't want to listen. It's like, I've had enough. <laughs> I'm not listening mm-hmm. to your shit anymore was was my thinking. But I, I approached it from this way. I, wrote, I actually I thought, how am I going to deal with this? I don't want to be listening to this anymore, but I need to help him somehow. So I, I wrote him a letter and I don't remember what's in it. My dad still got it. Um, but I've never asked to look at it. Um, but I I wrote him a letter, said, you need to get your shit together. This is not good. Um, you know, and here's a couple of books to read. I think Think and Grow Rich was in there. Um, Seven yeah. Habits of Highly Effective People were in there and said, read these books, get your shit together, move on with your life. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I wrote that to him and and he did he actually turned around and and he he became you know he's quite a successful investor he he goes out rock and rolling um he's adamant he's not getting married again he's got a a long list of women that he that he helps um (laughs) that are always around um you know he's always going around feeding someone's cat or dog when they're they're away and and he's got all anyway there's questions just conversations you don't have with your parents um the closest <laughs> i got got to that was you know he was telling me i was at, he was telling me when i went to his house that you know one lady was there and he was showing her the house and and he pointed to the bedroom so that's the bedroom if you go you can't go in there because there's special rules if you go in there and he goes she walked in what was i to do um and i said dad that's as far as i want to go with that conversation <laughs> but the thing was um many years later when I was going through a really difficult period um, after you know, separating with with my partner, and um, you know, there's a, a lot of things that were, were challenging from that. And my dad provided me a, a fair bit of support as well. And there was time I needed a bit of financial support. And, and asking your dad for help is is really difficult, especially asking for money is really mm-hmm. difficult. But but I, I I mustered up the courage and and said, Dad, look, I need this help. And and he and he provided. He gave. He was was no question about it. He just goes, Yeah, no problem. Um, how much do you need? And um, and I was sitting on a train. I was in a suit, well dressed, um, on a train. And I and I wrote a text message to my dad saying, Look, Dad, I, I really appreciate you know the help you've given me through this. It's it's meant a lot to me. Um, I I you know and something along those lines. I can't remember the exact words. And he wrote back. The bastard wrote back while I'm on a train in a suit, um, with lots of people around me. He wrote back saying, No. 
I need to thank you for the letter you sent me all those years wow. ago because you saved mm. my life. So there I am in a packed train in a suit, bawling my eyes out. Mm. <laughs> wow. You know, and I and as I say that in jest, the bastard wrote back to me, but it was like, yeah. oh my god, I, I'm I was I was yeah. But that relationship, I said, um, I think it came about because um, we mentioned earlier that you know the the boy doesn't become a man until the father dies is is the as a quote yeah. and although my dad's alive as a father he he died a long time ago and it was over a packet of chips it was really fact, I didn't even think about it at the time um that that was going to happen but um i had this is um well before i got uh, got married and had children i i was in between houses that I bought. So I sold a house and bought a new one and I had no one to, to nowhere to stay. And so I went and lived with my dad for about three months and my dad's pretty frugal. Um, so he always buys no name brand, whatever, and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And so no chips is, you know, no name brand. And, you know, I liked Pringles at that time. So um, <laughs> that's not a plug for Pringles or anything like that, but I just have <laughs> to like them. <laughs> um, and I'm sitting in the kitchen eating Pringles chips and dad walks in and he, goes, he looks at me and he goes, what are you eating them for? They're expensive, you know, and, and we get, and normally that can be a trigger for a conversation. Oh, I can eat whatever I want. And, 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 and that kind of thing. We've, I think we've all had that where someone says something along those lines and, and you get mm. into this spiral. And for whatever reason, I turned to my dad and I said, um, I didn't argue. I didn't justify. I just said, I like them. And he goes, yeah, but they're expensive. And I, and I, again, didn't justify the cost or anything like that. I said, yeah, but I like them. And he just went, oh, cool. And 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 it was like, as simple as that sounds, there was a massive shift between us where it was like he recognized I can make my own decisions and he's going to work um, with that. And uh, and that the dynamic of our relationship changed from that point um, to the point where we both now, where if I said I, I've asked my dad for help, he will actually ask me for help as well. Um, you know, he's he recently got appointed to a board position, and he was um, he was having some issues with that, and he's like, and and he he sends me some draft letters and goes, what do you think about this? Mm. Um, so we, we've we've got this, and he's always my dad as well. So when I talk to my dad, it's always dad. I never call him by his first name. He's my dad. Um, and, you know, so we've we've had this, this sort of backwards and forwards mutual respect for each other since that packet of chips incident. So nice. it's awesome. been good. I was wondering yeah. about the whole chips story. I've never heard that expression, <laughs> but there's also a, a concept where, you know, uh, I think it's a, it's a Bible story where uh, somebody was sent to kill someone, but he didn't he they negotiated and he didn't really have to kill him he just took all his money and then it was yeah. as if he as it was as if he died um uh, so yeah i think so, I've heard you know, that one. like you so yeah. you're explaining like your father hit rock bottom and that's when you saved yeah. him so yeah you know in that respect he also did kind of die and we get reborn um so that, that was the thought yeah. that was going through my head um because <laughs> i kind of feel like i've done that a few times since uh since the divorce so it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, divorce will do that. It'll make you it'll make you feel a lot of different emotions and experience a lot of different things. That that's for sure. Um, it, yeah, I'm definitely. curious, Damien, because you mentioned some some books that are close to my heart. You know, one of the things. Speaking yeah. of divorce, and you said you sent your dad some books, including "Think and Grow Rich" and "The Seven Habits of Highly Effective yeah. People" by Stephen Covey. 
did you find that you hit the books, you know, following your breakup? Like the, some of the advice that you gave to your dad, did you find your, you know, yourself telling that to yourself and reading those sort of books? Um, I don't know if it was because I read a lot of that from very um young young age. Well, when I say young, eighteen, nineteen ish. Um, when I was in the in the army, um, because of the work that I did. I we worked you know long hours and then had a lot of days off so effectively we worked a seven-day fortnight um and the, the way the routine worked I meant you, you had large gaps of, of time off um and during that time off I always used it to do something uh that would um help me grow and and I you know I I think I the first time I read Think and Grow Rich I think I was 19 or 20 um but I would also, you know, f- you know, I, in my leave time. So when I had annual leave and everyone else is going on holidays, I mean, I I'd booked um, to attend uh, neurolinguistic programming training and train the trainer wow. uh, for neurolinguistics. So that was my holiday. So um, again, <laughs> that that thing from dad, you know, don't get tired, son. Um, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Yeah. That was my my time off. So I I'd always studied those kind of things, but certainly um, I drew on a lot of that um, from from when you know when things got difficult. I certainly drew on a lot of that knowledge and reminded myself of that knowledge. I also went to there's a number of dads groups that are around. I went to those groups, but initially I think I went there probably for support but as soon as I got there I realized there's people that need more support than I do and I found in helping the other people um that helped me because mm. like if you teach somebody somebody th- something you always learn more than if you're just studying it yeah. uh, uh, and yeah. so I found in helping other people going through that experience it actually made my process a lot easier um, so, so from that, so that, that was my story in relation to that. So yeah, I drew a lot of support to answer your question. I drew a lot of support from that. I didn't hit new books. Um, I did change from the perspective of one of the, what I did was rather than read a lot of books, I would read the same book over and over again. And the key one for me, which is probably my favorite is how to be a no limit person by Stephen Covey. Um, mm. and the audio version of that is probably, the best one because it really talks about how to control your emotions how to you know how to be in charge of yourself um and it's it's a fantastic it's old it's like from the 70s <laughs> um mm. but it's i what i did is re- said rather than reading a lot of books i found really good ones and then i internalized it i made sure because often i f- i found from early on when i was reading a lot of books um, I'd read it and then I'd move on to the next one and and but I'd, I I hadn't changed. So I was just and and this is something that learned is you know we to have the knowledge is one thing to act is different this is partly from the the military training is that's why you do drill. you do it over and over again, so it becomes an unconscious habit. Mm. And a lot of times we'll read things, we'll, we'll be devouring all this information, but it's just, we know it consciously, not unconsciously. And it's the unconscious area where we need to train ourselves so that we can actually do something different because action, I mean, you, I think we've all had in the listeners, your listeners will have had this experience where you've thought you've understood something and you've gone to do it and you've gone, uh, you know, you've messed it up and didn't do it anywhere near as thought what you thought it was. And the opposite where you have had the experience where you haven't understood it 
um, or you thought you haven't understood and surprised yourself with how well you've done it, which mm-hmm. that really highlights the difference between conscious understanding and unconscious action. Action is an unconscious action. And that's why I picked a couple of key books and just I just internalized it and made it. This is this is who I am. This is how I um I, I internalized that knowledge. And that, that's what I found made a bigger difference rather than reading, you know, hitting the book, so to speak, and reading a lot of different books. Yeah, I love that. I, I've been doing that now. I was just, as you were talking, I've got this great book, not, not well, you can't see it maybe on my screen, but uh, it's a book by Michael, <laughs> Michael Singer called Living Untethered. And I also, yeah. I was hitting like tons of books, um, in, you know, in the beginning following my breakup, which was helpful, but I, maybe for this unconsciously, like you're saying, for the same reason, perhaps it wasn't kind of, it got to a point where I kind of felt like it was like overload. And now I have, you know, this one book right now that I'm reading over and over and over again. And, um, you know, I think you've verbalized maybe what I was feeling that now I feel like it's kind of getting into my subconscious where it's almost hopefully, hopefully with time becoming more and more, you know, part of my life. So uh, I, I'm grateful that you said that because that that helps me understand why now I'm at a point where I'm reading one book many times as opposed to many books one time. So that's awesome. Yeah. And. And that's the important thing to really, and if if one thing the listeners can take from that is is that what you've just said is it it's not about a multitude of knowledge, one piece of knowledge that you actually internalize becomes an unconscious habit will mm. change your life. Lots mm. of knowledge that you hold consciously won't do anything because your actions are unconscious. Amazing. Yeah, and and that book for me was the the Love Languages book. Yeah. Which, okay. Yeah, that's an awesome book. Which uh, yeah. was given given to us during therapy, but that one like rocked my world. It was, yeah. it was just like, wait a minute. I've been doing everything wrong. Um, <laughs> there's but, that, yeah, that, there's one. another one. I don't know if you've um, come across it, but if you get on the, on YouTube and search tale of two brains by Mark Gunga, there's a little 14, he has a program called laugh your way to a better marriage. And for everyone, um, and, and I'll tell this story because uh, I did a lot of, well, and still do a lot of work with construction. So I consult into construction companies. So I'm dealing with a lot of rough and tumble guys, guys that are, are really big. And I always like to um, share, you know, some sort of knowledge and and something that's going to help people as I'm going around and trying. And Mark Gunga's Tale of Two Brains is a 14 segment, uh, 14 section part of it where it explains how, you know, men's brains are like, little boxes where we do one thing at a time the boxes don't touch that kind of thing and, and women's <laughs> brains are, are like ball big balls of wire um where everything's connected to everything and he says you know we, we try and help each other with our own what we think is the right way of helping how we would help someone how want to want to be helped but it's the opposite of what the person needs and it's really funny mm. um it's a funny video the whole four and a half hour program is is laugh your way to better marriages on youtube it's funny all the way through but i'd show this tale of two brains to people and just as a bit of a way of getting a conversation going but one time i did it we're on in the high rise that i was going through and inspecting and and after everyone left this guy this massive guy with tattoos and and you know just you know your typical you know apocalypse you know he's the he's the you know the the brawler out of mad max 2 whatever it is and um <laughs> he was almost bawling his eyes out and he came to me he goes I, I don't know what to do man and I said why and he goes oh, look my wife and I just at each other all the time and I said okay do, do, do you you know what do you want to do and he said well, I want to try and save it I don't know what to do and I said well do you love your wife and he goes yeah no I love, I love her a lot um and I said okay well what I'll do is see that that short little video I'll send you the link to the entire program 
Now, and what I suggest you do, so it's all on, on YouTube, just watch it, but watch it somewhere where you know she's going to walk past and being a woman, she's going to ask, what are you watching? <laughs> mm. And I said, just, just <laughs> say to her, say, look, honey, I know we've got our problems. I love you very much. A friend has suggested that we, that I watch this to try and help. Um, and don't say anything after that. Just shut up. <laughs> and I said, if she's interested, um, you know, you, it might stimulate a conversation, but just leave it at that. If she's not interested, don't worry about it. Um, you just pay attention to what you can learn from it and, and take it from that. Yeah. Um, I bumped into him about two months later and he was a changed man. And apparently they were like teenagers again, always sneaking off when the kids weren't looking to go and have some fun together. Um, so it was, you know, it's these kind of things that can change how we how we deal with things. It's just, and that's where I found like helping people, you know, even telling that story now, I feel really good that, you know, and uh, I, yeah, I just feel really good inside. And, and a friend said it on a, a discussion, a friend in London, we're having this discussion about this kind of thing. And he said, yeah, that's why I don't do, he, he said, this is why I don't do drugs or drink because giving and helping other people is actually a bigger high and it lasts longer. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, and that's where I so said that's part of, you know, why I've try and do these kind of things. And the, so that's why I was highlighting the Mark Gunga thing, because it is really a helpful, like like you said, the seven habits. Um, Mark Gunga refers to the seven habits. He talks about where, you know, uh, encouraging you know, women to say what they want to do and, and ask more than once, because guys don't hear it if we ask once, generally. Mm. <laughs> I'm very guilty of that still. Um <laughs> And he was talking about how he's, you know, he, the, it was, it was Mark Gray was saying, you know, how his wife, um, well, as the story goes, his wife wanted to go to the opera and he's like, I don't want to go to the opera. And finally she convinced him to go to the opera. Um, you know, so he's, he's booked a, a, a ticket and gone to the opera, um, you know, got into the suit and, you know, he's like, and, you know. <laughs> You know, he endures this really, as as Gunga put it, this mind-numbing experience. And graded, um, apparently. And and so when they get home, um, you know, they drive into the garage, and he he said, as soon as the door closed in the garage, she jumped on top of him and made love to him right there in the car. And he's like, next day, uh, how much are season tickets to the opera? <laughs> <laughs> and it's that's nice. great. <laughs> yeah so it's just i mean again it's finding the way of communicating um and i've noticed you know from my perspective you know learning and that's one of the biggest things i i took from uh, that's helped certainly as a dad is is listening a lot to my son so I, I've, I've never yelled at him i don't dictate to him with um like i made a thing i said well i'm going to treat him like i'm going to treat it like i'm a i'm a leader of a of a business um, and and he's an, um, an employee, one that I can't fire. So I've got I've got to be, <laughs> got to manage this well because I can't get rid of him. Um, you know, here he can, but I don't want to. I want to be a good dad. So um, so I thought, okay, how do I? How am I going to do this? And part of it was listening to, and I looked at you know how myself and my dad got along, and and there was open communication. We're able to talk to each other. 
um, from an early age, I focused on his character. So it wasn't about school marks or, or mm. things like that, or you must be this sports person. It's like, you need to be, you know, honesty um, at my, our family values, key family values, are honesty, excellence, and understanding. Mm. Um, so it was focused on, okay, let's develop, you know, your character. It's mm. not my job as a parent. And, and certainly my dad is not, I mean, he's, when I've not been was as younger when I was not doing so well, like I was going to school and not doing anything. I was just sitting in the classroom doing nothing. He was like, you need to do something. Um, you know, and, and it's like, you can't leave school unless you've got a job. And that's when the army people come around two weeks later and said, Oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> but so I wanted to create something with him, with my son, where it was like, okay. So I said, I said to him when he was in primary school, I said, do you know why you're going to school? Because, you know, just like with the study, he wasn't all, and who is motivated with school study? Not mm. not many people. Yeah. I said, do you know why you're going to school? He goes, no. So I actually talked through, I said, well, you know, you see what I do in day where I go out and earn money and, and to live, and I explained that to him. And I said, well, this is what school does. It gives you the foundation so that you can do that. So you're learning knowledge so that you can actually go out, people want to employ you, um, or you can create your own business. And, and you can live the life the way you want to live it. And it was very big on you, you know, your decision. Um, partly I said, and I joke, you know, facetiously said to him, I said, yeah, and I do this. It's like, well, you know, it's your decision. If you mess it up, you can't blame me in a psychologist's office later. <laughs> you can't go to a shrink and say it's all my fault. Because I'm just bossing you, you around. A lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I do a lot of contractual work. So, yeah, there, there is maybe that's creeping I say in. that I'm, I'm, I'm a lawyer by profession, unfortunately. So that's why I made that joke. But anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm what they call a bush lawyer. I have some knowledge and I deal with a lot of con contracts and things like that. And, and obviously, yeah, with the dads that I help, I deal a lot with the family law as well now, um, and and um, uh, provide some some insights where you know some lawyers have missed them actually, and, and it's like, well, why don't we do that? And the lawyer said, oh, I was just not processed, but I said the judge can make a decision here. Why mm. are you not encouraging your your client to do that? Right. Um, so that so I share that with the dads and say you you can do this. You know, you don't don't worry about what the lawyer says. The law says you can do that, so do it. You know, move right. the thing forward quicker. Um, but yeah, so the relationship with my dad coming back to that, uh, no, with my son was was about this mutual respect. So I asked him, what do you want with with his school, um, like his study? I said, what grades do you want to get? And he said the grades that he wanted. It wasn't the highest grade, but it was very high. Right. Um, and and so, and then when he was doing things, rather than say, you need to study, I'd, I'd see him um, <clears throat> uh, doing something and, and I'd ask him, have you taken a step towards getting the grades that you want? And and sometimes you go, no, I haven't done the, the homework. And I said, would it be helpful to do that? And he goes, yeah, it's a good idea. And and then, then off he'd go and do it. Mm. Um, so that's why I never had to yell at him because he just he it was his choice and and he was working towards that. Obviously he was guided in making some of those choices. Yeah. But it was it was that relationship. And then same token too, when he's done what he needs to do. Um, and getting the results he plays a lot of video games and a lot um he goes out with me and we play badminton together with some friends and we do um he does karate he's almost got his black belt in karate oh. so he's not like he's not he's not active um but in his free time after he's done everything else he wants to play video games who am i to say that's not how he should enjoy his leisure time and and so i i give him that space um mm. this holidays that's just had he was with me from the the start of december until um new year's day um wow. he spent a lot of that um, you know, he's a lot of his free time playing video games and online with his friends as well. Um, 
yeah, I mean, we went on some trips and stuff like that. We were away for like three days and, and, and other periods of time where he's come out and done things. So it's not like that's how he's spent his in, entire time. And, <clears throat> and when I've done that, he hasn't complained about it. He's just come along and, and, and I could tell, tell that he didn't really want to be you know, hanging around with me and my friends going and looking at some flora and fauna because there's some friends that came here and I showed them some national parks and stuff like that, that he probably didn't want to do that. But he did. He came along, um, and then you know, and then you know, when he's doing his thing, I'm not judging him and say you shouldn't be doing that. It's it's his free time. It's his life. And as I said to him, you mess it up, you can't blame me. <laughs> it's your actions, your choice. And yeah, that's the lawyer response, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you? What would you? What would you say to somebody? Because you mentioned before about having core values, right? Your honesty, excellence. And understanding and and not to ask you about you personally, but what would you say to, to a dad, let's say, because you, you do counsel dads, you said, right? Not as a lawyer, but, you know, with the experience you've had and everything like that. So what would you say to a dad who says to you, you know, I've got certain values that I want for my children, but I'm not the only one in my child's life. There's an ex-partner that uh, that is involved and that ex-partner may have different set of values. Is there anything you would counsel that dad, you know, just... Uh, you know how to handle that is there something one can do or that's just beyond one's control yeah um that's an interesting point and, and something that's obviously challenging when when things break up because and partly the reason things break up is because you have a difference of opinion that's not resolvable mm-hmm. um and i think and i'm not sure how all the law works in other areas of the world but certainly here in australia um you don't have no one has the right to tell you how to parent your child. Now, that's where it becomes difficult. Um, so, well, obviously, things outside of, you know, within the law. So, you, you know, parenting a child by beating the snot out of them is the, the law is going to step in and say you can't do that. But, you know, as far as when you're talking to answering your que- in answering your question, when you're talking about values and things like that, the um, the... No, yeah, so you don't have the ability to tell someone else. I can't tell any of my friends this is how you should, you know, and and the and the law can't dictate that either. The, the, the law can't say this is how you should raise your child. You know, you're part of a cult, for example, um, and they can't say no, you can't be part of a cult because that's bad for the children. That that that's how the law works here. That becomes challenging when you split up with um, your partner because you've got an idea of how you want to raise a child. They've got an idea of how you raise your child. From my experience, what I did was I was the, I I led by example and and I followed, I have a mission statement, um, my own personal mission statement, which is to enjoy life and share in the joy of others, Mm -hmm. to learn something daily that increases my ability to overachieve. Again, my dad worked really, made me think that I had to work very hard (laughs) and to confidently and compassionately act from my values of honesty, excellence, and understanding. Now, so I accepted that I can't control what happens outside of that, and nor do I have a right to. I don't have a right to tell my um, his mother how to um, how she should behave and how she should parent. I don't have that right. All I can do is be the you know be the example um, for him by living uh, to my values and sharing that and and doing that and this is where that leadership and motivation comes in so i do that in a way and i've always done that in a way that for 
him it's been like well these are good things to follow this is not not telling him why but actually saying that it's beneficial for him to do that and he's learned through his own experience where you know there was a, a in in the school um there was a bully uh picking on one of his friends mm. and he addressed that in a in a sensible and approachable way um worked with the teachers and, and got the whole situation resu situation result he did that on his own behalf wow. and i think he was 11 at the time wow and so he he yeah so he learned he, and he did it in a very and so from that he's he's learned from that experience this is a good way to behave does he you know I don't know what he does at his mum's house and I don't ask. Um, but I know with me, he behaves in a certain way. Part, and I would say because I've been very committed to what I'm doing, I, I don't talk about, I, I've, and this is where I, I think I've focused on supporting and encouraging the behaviours that I want. So when he does something that I like, I really praise it a lot i say that's wonderful great job all that sort of stuff stuff that's not so great um i kind of you know push it to the side a little bit and don't make a big thing about it and don't draw attention to it i really highlight the things that you know and and highlight the things that work and i want to encourage but also to from a young age as well i encouraged him to like himself i asked him all the time do you like yourself do you, mm. I, mean, I remember there's a and, and it's a mantra and I, I find it funny. I have these little film clips that I little clips from films that I take um and use as as motivation for me. Um there's a couple of quotes from Steve Jobs in there, there's things from Saving Private Ryan. Um, but there's a scene in the movie Enchanted, um, <clears throat> where they're in this um the Prince Charming and his aide are in this hovel of a um of a hotel, and the aide's watching something like Oprah or things like that, and they're talking about you know, um, you know, do you, you know, liking yourself is important, that kind of thing. <clears throat> and the aide finishes and he gets up and he's about to walk out the room and he turns to Prince Charming and he says, um, Sire, do you like yourself? And Prince Charming thinks for a second, he goes, what's not to like? Um, and, so, <laughs> and that was sort of something that I took on and going, well, yeah, I like me. I mean, there's some behaviors that I probably need to work on and there still are, and there always will be that, you know, and this is that constant improvement, which is why it's in my, you know, to learn something daily that increases my ability to achieve is part of my mission statement. Cause there's always behaviors you can change, but as far as me internally, I like me. And that's the same for my son. It was always, you know, asking him, do you like yourself? And, and to the point where you now he he goes, yeah, I like myself. And I think because he likes himself, he's confident in what he's doing and, and he's, ha and he, and he can do that, which is, it's really interesting. And I wonder, because when I look at it, he, he actually, I mean, as much as he has his own mobile phone, um, computer, uh, iPad, that kind of thing. When we go out a lot of places, he doesn't take his phone. He's not wow. on, you know, he doesn't take it with him. He's not on social media um, or he's not, I'd rarely see him. You know, he, I mean, he, he, he's online with his friends when he's playing video games, but he's connecting with his friends. So he's not on this whole social media thing. And I, and I do one, I, I wonder if that's because from an early age, it was like, he doesn't need to get on there. And, and also too, I'm not on social media a lot either. So I'm not, you know, constantly on my phone looking at social media so maybe that was part of that right but it was just he's his own person he's happy with who he is 
he and the teachers have said that at school as well they say he's just he it's it's a rare thing where you just see this child that's just happy in their space doesn't matter what anyone else does he's not influenced he's not sucked in by peer pressure he just if he sees something's not right he'll say it's not right um and and he he's confident going in his own way um so yeah, do you think so I'm, do you think karate played a part in that as well i, I would I, I think that had a part. Um, I got him to do karate. We we had a, a difficult because he he had uh, his two older half sisters went to a fairly exclusive private girls school, um, mm. but their preschool not not prep um, or grade one, but preschool the boys were allowed to attend, um, and you know being a boy he was you know running around a lot not paying attention making train noises and we got pulled into the 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 office <laughs> where the they're going we're a bit concerned about your son he doesn't sit still and he's making train noises and i'm like he's a boy he's a boy <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's three and he's a boy i'm i i think i was 40 at the time i said i i no, it was it wasn't even 40 i was 35 i think 35 36, whatever it was um and i said i still make sound effects when i do stuff it's like <laughs> this is normal <laughs> um and so i was you know it was like i forgot where i was going with that the you know that yeah so the the karate thing so because of that, I wanted to, you know, import, you know, give, give him some stillness because I thought maybe he does need that. So that's where there was karate that was taught at the school. There's actually the sensei there who I've got to know and is a close friend now. Um, he had very traditional uh, values in in the teaching of karate that it's about discipline, it's about defense. That's like with the code I rewrote the the Knights Code um, to a more modern time and, and made it gender neutral. Um, and from our perspective of violence, yeah, we say violence um, is you know acceptable only acceptable in the battlefield, which quote unquote is the sporting arena. I mean, you you if you were to tackle someone, <laughs> do a rugby tackle or a gridiron tackle, whatever your sport is. If someone was standing on the street at a traffic light and you did a, a tackle, yeah. that would be highly inappropriate. But, and that, that would be a violent act. But in a sporting game, if you took the tackle out, it'd be pretty boring to <laughs> Can right. I have the ball, please? Yeah. <laughs> um, Excuse me. And, and in, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so in, in that environment, that that's okay. If both both willing parties get in there and they both agree this is how we are to behave and they behave to the extent allowed by the rules. And the other circumstances in self-defense, but only to the the maximum uh, to, to the minimum amount required to defend yourself, which is what my um, what ben, uh, Benjamin's karate sensei taught was. You know, this is for self-defense only, and and he has a number of things to do before. You know, if, if you're in a conflict situation, put distance between you. He teaches that as part of the karate, and so Benjamin did that to to create some stillness. So yeah, to to what you were saying, Ben, I I, I think karate does play a, a big part of that because it also gave him that confidence to go, hey, um, yeah, I, I if in a situation that's difficult, I know how to deal with this. One, you know, um. Uh, as Pete teaches, uh, first D is dis uh, distance. Second D is defense, is in your own personal defense, your own emotional defense, be in control of your emotions. Um, you know, distract. You know, so do something that's going to distract the situation. Those, yeah. So that karate was a, a, I think, plays a big part, and I think it would be helpful for a lot of people to be taught those kind of yeah. principles. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I actually got my I got my son uh, his first cell phone so he can play games just to mm. build up his self-esteem because yeah. in school he in school he wasn't getting it 
And yeah. so I wanted him, to, you know, I knew that feeling from growing up. My, my ex didn't, mm. but I knew, you know, like you get that video game and you make it to the next level and you make it to the next level and you make it to the next level. And like, finally you're like, Oh my gosh, I can do things. Um, yeah. When it's school, they're saying totally other things. Um, so now he's like a pretty intense mm. gamer, but like you said about your son, like he's not by himself. He's on speakerphone or he's on, you know, he's on some channel where he's coordinating with a bunch of people to accomplish things. Um, yeah. So well, we I do that. drag him on those hikes as well. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, <laughs> we're going, when we come back, you can get back on fine. And then when he gets there, he has a great time. Um, but yeah, so I also use that as well. Um, well, it, cool. and, and I agree with you with that from that perspective. I don't think that video games are a bad thing. It's it's like any tool. It's how you use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had that experience with my son. He was playing, we were playing, we had a racing game. I got the racing seat and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. and he had a, this shocker of a, because we were alternating. He'd do one race, I'd do the next race. Um, right. And he had this shock of a race. And you could see he was getting all emotionally upset. He was getting you know, distracted. He was performing bad and then, then making himself perform even worse. And he had this shock of a race. And he was he was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm about to leave. And this is where, you know, again, I said, I've never yelled at him, but I said, no. I know it's my turn. You're doing this again. And this is how I want you to focus on the corners. I want you to think forward. Be be focused on what you're doing. Focus on the outcome you're trying to achieve. And he did the race and he did his best race ever. Um, you know, best time. And and I yeah. said, when he finished, I said, What did you learn from that? And he says, Yeah, never give up, keep focused forward. And it was that like, is right. again, no? he yeah. was uh, what was he, seven when that happened. Wow. You know. Um, and so, and that's where even this a couple of days ago, he's playing there, and he's he, he's playing. Um, he likes to shoot 'em up games, and and the same token, with the the violent video games. We before when he was younger, there were certain games I wouldn't you know let him play um, that right. he he wanted, um, but I, I wouldn't let him play because I, they were too violent. Um, but we did have a discussion about that and said this is a video game. There's rules in the video game that apply that don't apply in real life. And and so in, in the video game, you're allowed to do this. In real life, you're not. And we, and we had that discussion. But similar sort of thing, just recently, he's playing this, this shoot 'em up game and the big boss, and he's getting frustrated. And he literally had spent four hours uh, trying to get this big boss. Um, and he still hadn't got it. And he goes, I'm going to get it. And I said, that's right. That's how you achieve goals. You keep going. And, you know, it's, mm, yeah. it's the principle that you're teaching, not the mechanism that's important. It's the principle that you teach. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and as far as the hard work that you got from your father, my mother uh, raised me basically. Um, yeah. I, I guess I saw my father once a month or so once he moved away. Um, yeah. And she just, she raised me with, there's no such thing as trying, only doing. And, yeah. And so she's the original Yoda. Right. So that's what everybody keeps <laughs> yeah. telling me. Like, I never, do it, do it. Until I started telling more and more people, I never even thought about it. But like, that's how I grew up. And she didn't really live by that motto. She Mm. did a whole lot of learning and self-improvement and going to all these courses and stuff, but she never really like took that action. And I saw all of this and Yoel will tell you, I, I'm just, I'm just an action person. (laughs) Like if I, if I have an idea, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put it into the world. I'm, I'm going to, there's no point for it to sit in my head. Cause yeah. it's just not even worth it. Um, and then as far as learning something in a book, like if I read it, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like right now, let's do it. Um, 
And that's the, you know, people learn by doing, some people learn by reading, some people just learn and never do anything. And, yeah. you know, for me, it's all action, you know, and talking about, uh, you know, the family and how the family works together. So um, my, one of the upcoming books, I wrote my first children's book, the second one's being illustrated now. Um, but the third one is all about the family unit and kind okay. of structuring it as like, um, like a factory. So ah. I, I have five kids. So if one of the yeah. one of the wow. kids or machines, even busy, is it yeah. cold? So one, of, <laughs> one of the kids, uh, one of the kids, like a machine, let's say, yeah. decides that it's not going to do what it's supposed to do. Then, like yeah. in the I Love Lucy episode with the chocolate, it's just going to back yeah. up everything, and everything's going to go to everything's going to start falling apart. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the concept of that book. Right. Um, so it's that yeah, same. It. Yeah. So it's. Uh, it's very, it's, you know, some people, you know, they stay in their bubble and they're not interested in helping or giving back or learning. And that's, you know, I don't have mission plans like you do written out. Um, I think Yoel's got like the middle point where he's got a whiteboard that's got stuff on it. To me, <laughs> yeah. this is like all concepts in my head that I try, I try to live every day. Um, but uh, I don't even know where that exercise would go with me. Yeah, we did it. We took it even further. We designed a coat of arms for our family and I, I and I wanted to do that, but I involved um, my son with that process and he came up with the the animals that were on the coat of arms. So our main animal is a Komodo dragon, um, nice. which, which he wanted to have yeah, because of you know, a number of different characters with that and there certain colors and and we, you know, some some flowers on there as well that we had that all had specific meaning, but we we worked on it together. Um, you know, he even had ants on there because of their fastidiousness and, and, you know, the teamwork aspect. Um, wow. so it was, it was a good, good project to do together. We haven't quite got it finished because the artist that did the Komodo dragon, the, the back right leg looks like it's deformed. So I need to get that redone, <laughs> but, um, but it was more the, again, for me, I wanted to do it, but it was a process of involving process. my son. Yeah. My son with that process, um, and, and it was we created a, a bond over that but from what you're talking about with your, your child and, and self-confidence I think the biggest aspect that has um, for me personally in my own personal growth and the and for my son was this concept of liking yourself that you know you might do something that's not behavior might not be right you might do something in the situation it was also learning for me that in any given moment um, that you did the best you could at that point in time. Because if you could have done better, you say, well, yeah, consciously I had the knowledge. But again, you're not acting consciously, you're acting unconsciously. Mm. So it's like you did the best you could in that point in time. Don't beat yourself up. Like yourself in, well, if you recognize it, you should like yourself because you've recognized, hey, that, you know, I did, it probably could behave better next time in the future. And again, keep that f future focus forward. You can't live in the past. Right. Um, but I noticed with Benjamin, this whole concept of do you like yourself? Um, you know, and well, I don't have to say it to him or ask him anymore because you can see it in the way he walks and he he, he knows he likes himself inside and he knows things and he, he's just confident about how he, he wants to do things. And from my perspective, you know, me, and I think as you, we talked about before about, you know, with my parents breaking up and me carrying, you know, the blame for my parents arguing, um, when I let go of that and said, hey, I like myself, you know, um, 
it just changed the whole dynamic, my ability, the confidence to do. It's like, well, I, I'm going to do this. Um, <clears throat> you know, going through some processes where you know, I've the situations that I've been in, and you, you all, you'll, you'll know of this, where, you know, from a lawyer perspective, I've been in situations where. Um, I've been head to head with some barristers and it was only later that I, I got told by some very respectable lawyers. They looked at it and said, um, you went head to head with some pretty powerful people, pretty, you know, well experienced people. And, and I held my own, um, which was, you, That's awesome. yeah, so it was, but it was again, this, you know, liking myself and giving myself, you know, that it's okay, you know. I'm a, I know I'm a good person and I'm going to make mistakes and that's a behavior and I can learn from that going forward. But internally I like myself and that, and that gave me the confidence to just do whatever it is that I wanted to do or needed to do. I think that's something also that's, that's super important in terms of uh, for our audience, for many of, uh, of the men out there listening, uh, because uh, I think we may have this on our website. I think the stat may be somewhere around 70% where a lot of the divorces are initiated um, by uh, by the wife. And mm. I think there's a lot of men out there that wonder if they're lovable. You know, am I lovable? Am I likable? Like this person didn't love yeah. me anymore. And I think that's an important concept for people to realize that, yes, you are lovable. You are likable. And I love what you do. You know, so not, it's not only important for instilling it in our children. And, I, and I'm just loving what you're, you know, what you're sharing with our audience, but also for you know, dads themselves to realize that, hey, I'm a likable and lovable person myself. It's really important. I think that is important, but also too, to put it in context, I shouldn't say, but, and to put mm. it in context as well, you know, from a dad perspective, I mean, if, you, if you're a nice guy, um, there's more women on the planet than there are men. And there's a lot more nice women out there that you probably haven't met yet that are looking for relationships that, you know, that are they're really wonderful. And that, that's been um, something maybe for another time to talk about. But certainly from my experience, there is there is multiple really wonderful women out there. So for dads, any dads listening, have that in mind that, you know, you, you just got to find them because um, they're, they're not they're not hanging out in bars. Then they're, yeah, they're not. <laughs> You know, they're not out getting drunk. They're actually really respectable, really kind, really thoughtful, and and um, you know, the yeah. And you are a likable person. You are a, a good person. If you're a dad and you're a caring dad, then you are a, a you know an amazing guy that some that that some really wonderful woman is going to like. Um, you just got to find them, and said so you won't find them in bars. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely went through a phase where like. I thought I just didn't know how to love because I came from mm. a broken family. Like after yeah. 14 years of marriage, like where did I, like, maybe I just, after I read the love language book, I was like, maybe mm. I just don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I just don't know how to love. Um, yeah. But um, after time, I realized it probably wasn't my problem. Um, but it, it like, you know, I work with children for like 20 years mm. And like yeah. every one of those children were, I called them my kids and they knew that. Yeah. And, you know, mm. I cared, I cared, I was there for more for some of them more than the parents were around for them. And, yeah. you know, going back in time and realizing like who I was before I got married kind of made me realize that, no, that's probably not the problem. Um, but yeah. it was definitely a phase where like, I was like, maybe I just don't know what I'm doing and it's me, you know? And uh, yeah, so that's really important to learn that it's not you. Um, 
I think, and you do, and yeah. to, to and to move forward with your kids in that relationship, you need to have the knowledge to know that you do know how to love. It's not like something yeah. that you can't how to love and how to, how to be how to be loved too. I would add how to love and how to well, be loved. Yeah, and there's something. I mean, because I grew up with you know, and what you're talking about there, Ben. I think you know, and a lot of people experience this. Was you know, and I know in in a number of relationships, I tried to make it work. And I think a lot of dads are in that situation. Um, a lot of men are in that situation where they're trying to make things work. Um, and they put in a lot of, of that effort and they're, they're wondering what's wrong with me and, and, and why, why can't I make this work? And it was something that really hit home. And it's a book that I'm actually writing. Um, uh, but something I learned very late in life was no amount of skill will fix a poor partner choice. Now that's not to say, and because they say, oh, I don't associate with you know negative people and stuff like that. Sometimes you know, because I'm pretty sure in the some of the relationships that I've had that have fallen apart, um, you know, from their perspective, I was the problem, and 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 probably to some degree I was. I would say in, in definitely in some degree I was, and and it's about. Um, I remember when I was in the army, there was a guy. Um, and he, he wasn't, he was a good looking guy. Um, and, but he wasn't the brightest spark on the planet, you know? <laughs> so he was reasonably good looking, but he was dumb as dog shit to put, put it bluntly. <laughs> um, but he was always dating these like amazingly hot women. And when I say hot women, they weren't hot, just physically hot. They were hot, mentally hot. These were you know doctors and lawyers and just really, really intelligent women that look gorgeous. And we're looking and going, How? How? How is this possible? And um, and so one day I decided to ask him, and and I was a little bit blunt back then. So I walked up and I said, Shane, um, you're not the brightest person on the planet. <laughs> I literally said that to him. <laughs> How is it that you're you know dating all these really hot women? And um, he turned into like this wise Obi Wan Kenobi character. He put his arm around my shoulder. And he said, Damien, what you don't understand is I ask a lot. Most of them say no. You just say the ones you just <laughs> see the ones that say yes. And mm -hmm. and it was like, so when we're looking at that, and and certainly, you know, from a sales perspective, you know, if we're wanting to create a, a sales relationship with someone, um, you you find the people that are are already online with what your your uh, they've got similar beliefs that, you know, that they're, they're actually show interest straight away. So when you, you know, and I connected this with, you know, after my um, marriage broke down, I was talking with a lot of people that I know that have long-term relationships. And one thing that was consistent, the numbers were slightly different, but they all said, you know, when they were dating and looking for a partner, they had a criteria that was right for them. They knew what was, what, who they were or do as much as they could. Um, but they knew what they wanted in a partner. And even you mentioned Tony Robbins before. Tony Robbins talked about that. He identified what was the type of partner he wanted. But it was the people, and if, and one person put a number on it. They said, if that person didn't meet at least, if the person I was dating didn't meet at least 80% of that criteria, I just stopped seeing them. No matter how passionate, no matter how, you know, he said, no matter how great the sex was, I just just stopped seeing. He said, that was hard. But <laughs> no pun. Um, that was, you know, that was... 
he said it was you know but it and and he's been in a, a long-term role, like happy well from what i can tell and and you can tell when people aren't getting it people say oh you don't know what's going on yeah you can you can tell when people are still passionate about each other and by the way they behave to each other if they if they walk if they walk to a function holding hands and leaving holding hands you know it's, it's there's pretty clear sign that things are going all right if they're you know walking one's you know behind the other or something like that there's you know there's mm. some, some issues um so you can you can generally tell and that was the that key thing that you know for, for the dads out there listening coming back to that is you know be clear about what it what it is that you want in a partner and 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 don't think you know you know when you there, there is you know what is it 7.8 billion people on the planet um and, and more than half of those are women um surely there's a few out there that you're going to connect with <laughs> mm. so, it's, so it's a numbers game coming back to that guy shane he just like them you know just you know have that criteria ask, move on, ask, move on. And the quicker you move on to, to asking the next person, the more likely you get to find the, that right person. Okay. So I'll challenge that a little bit. So now yeah. that you have 7 billion people to date or mm. half of 7 billion plus a little, how do you know when to stop? <laughs> how do you know when to stop Yes. dating? Well, yes. it, it comes to that criteria. Do you meet, you know, I mean, and I if know. It's like a number, if I... it's a numbers game, how do you not say, "Oh, well, I can get to ninety-five percent, eighty yeah, isn't well, enough"? Yeah. So, well, and 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 that might be what you say. You might say ninety-five percent, and you leave that. But at some point, you know, if you've set a criteria, it's like any goal setting. If you've set a criteria that you want to achieve, um, then when you get that criteria, then that's when you stop. I mean, you. Um, it's like, you know. The, the saying of it's always in the last, you know, you, you, when you lose something, you, you always find it the last place you look. Well, who keeps looking after you found it? You know? <laughs> so if you find what you want, that's when you stop. It's mm. like, and but some people are not ready. You might not be ready to stop. You might be, you know, you might have your own issues to go, hey, I'm, I'm scared of getting into a relationship again because I might get hurt again. That's quite common. I had that. Whereas, like, I, you know, I, I didn't want to commit to an, another relationship. Um, and when, oh, I had that, I got married late. Um, I didn't want to commit to a relationship. I was a serial monogamist, I called it. Um, I was always you know, dating someone for a while and getting along well, and then uh, this is not right, and then move on. But that wasn't an issue with the person. When I look at a, a number of those relationships uh, that I ended, they were actually really, really good people and really kind people and could have had a long relationship with them. I wasn't ready. Um, so that there's two components to that. There's one, you know, being clear about what it is that you want in a, in another person. Um, and two, um, being ready, you being a good partner as well. The other part to that, that I would add was, um, don't go into a relationship expecting people to change. This is where I think a lot of relationships end. So if you're looking at this person going, okay, I like this person, but if they did this differently, um, you know, I wish they did this differently. And and Mark Gunger talks about this a lot in, in his program where, you know, example is, you know, you know smoking is a good example. It's like, oh, I wish they'd quit smoking. Do they smoke when you, when you started dating? Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> if you didn't like it then, why did you keep dating this person? Um, you know, and, and if, if there's, you know, there's certain behaviors that are there and you don't like them and well, don't date them it's going to become a problem later if it's that much of an issue so don't don't date someone and and the gratitude thing is really important too i noticed like with the relationships that i've had that worked really well um 
it was what do i like about this person um you know and and if something was becoming an issue it, it immediately and again an unconscious action i trained myself to do that whereas you know the, the relationship i'm in now it's it's been very happy for a long time um never had an argument um because you know it's what do i like about this person what's great about this person that's the focus um there, there's behaviors there, there's different and, and if we have different things we want to do she goes and does her thing and i do my thing and it's like mm-hmm. We're both okay with that, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, there's that. And, there's uh, actually a, um, a book that I, I'm. I would love to get the author on. Um, it's called Ten Really Dumb Mistakes That Very Smart Couples Make." Yeah. And I think we've hit two of them today. Uh, one of them is don't try to change the other person. Um, yeah. And basically, <laughs> this basically the the summary of when he's kind of explaining it is there's a study that if you can get past thirty years that's when that couple's the happiest because after 30 years nobody's trying to change anybody they realize these are the people and that's going to be it so if you can make it to there then the rest is great um and the other one uh i'm trying to think what the other one was anyway it's a great book and and i'm hoping to get the the author on here at at one point um but yeah it's just very simple things when like you're looking at it and it's like Oh, oh, now they tell us, you know. <laughs> well, that's the like, thing. Why wait 30 years? I mean, when and that, and that was a conscious, because I used to do that. I'd be in a relationship with someone and go, oh, I don't like this behavior. And that's why I'd end it and then start in with someone else. And then I made that conscious choice. And it was something my my mum had said um was if you love someone you love them as they are which is you know, i mean she's quoting something else and, and you mentioned the bible before it's probably in the bible as well um but if you if you are loving them as they are you're not seeking to change it so why wait 30 years why not just do that and focus on the things that you like about the person and all of a sudden it's it's a lot easier and if if they do something you don't like just don't be there <laughs> so look i don't like that behavior i'm going to go you know i, I remember one the the knowledge the, the advice the priest gave us when when i first got married was um you know men need to keep their shed because we, we need a place to go to <laughs> and a man cave you know, or whatever <laughs> yeah exactly and and we both need that it's not just the guys the, the girls need their space as well and also too i think it's important to remember that your partner is not whether it's male or female not your boyfriend or girlfriend depending on what it is so it's like if you're you know if you're a guy i mean this behaviors i'll do with my friends that i won't do with my partner because it's not appropriate i won't you know i won't sit on my my you know, my wife's head and and fart um you know <laughs> well, i will quite happily do that to my mates you know um after some beer know, before all... the beer <laughs> I don't drink anymore. So it's like, you know, um, you know, I can, can quite do all the, it's more fun when you're sober, you can remember it. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, that's our birthright as a male. You can still be 12 year old and be juvenile and, and, you know, do all this right. stupid stuff, but I wouldn't do that with my, my wife. Um, whereas my, um, and and same token with my, my wife. I'm not her girlfriend. You know, she wants to have these long. I mean, there's some conversations I listen to because you have to. Um, with a lot of them, you know, it's like okay, okay. But there's 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 long conversations that she has with her girlfriends that she won't have with me because that's not you know the appropriate way to 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 have a relationship. I'm not her her girlfriend in the sense of you know one of her her buddies that she does what girls do together whatever that is i don't want to know it's not (laughs) i'm gonna go to my shed right 
By, yeah. by the way, Damien, I mean, you mentioned not just just out of curiosity, uh, you mentioned, you know, you're not going to there's a lot of kind women out there, but you won't find them in a bar. Um, I'm sure there's exceptions out there, but for the most part. So, you know, uh, do you find uh, we were talking about social media media before, uh, you know, the dating mm-hmm. apps? Is that something that's popular you find for for guys or uh, I'm just curious, you know, you know, from your, yeah. from your experience in relationships? I was interested to listen to a number of dads that I work with be because I, I met a lot of women when I you know, was day, after I, marriage broke up um, beforehand. I don't know. I mean, they're different. I mean, there was one place uh, in when I was in Perth, uh, I, I, nightclubs weren't great, but they had a nightclub that actually had ballroom dancing. Um, and you met some really, really nice women there. They were actually, you know, they, they weren't, again, drinking and um you know drunk and that kind of thing they were they were just you know wanted to go and have a good time and and mm-hmm. enjoy dancing i mean to for dads dads out there listen to this advice one be a nice guy two learn how to dance that's my my dad dates heaps of women he goes rock and roll dancing all the time wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you know if you can dance that they they love that um and and a lot of them can't dance but you say oh, i'll teach you and teach them a basic waltz and they're like oh this is so wonderful um <clears throat> it's not hard all right we'll have to have um, your father on for that to yeah, teach yeah. us all how to dance. <laughs> um but yeah he goes you know rock and rolling all the time um and and yeah so those kind of places you know um yeah and but I, what i was surprised was the stigma that seems to be oh you don't meet and um it, it is challenging i think if you're genuine online um and, and are genuinely nice, you've actually got a really good advantage because a, there's a number of guys on there that are complete nutter dicks and, and, and they've showed their dicks. It's like, that doesn't, <laughs> girls are not interested in that. You know, well, they are when you're in a relationship, you know, but you've got, it's not as a, you know, first line I hear, check it out. Right. Um, and listen, you know, you don't have to know everything. God, Cause we're, and you, you talked about, you know, Gray and and men of Mars. We're Mister Fix It. So when 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 the women talk to us, we're always thinking about how to fix it. This is your chance to go to your nothing box. Just nod your head and go. And re- one one good way. They just want to talk. Yeah. They just want to talk. And it's like I'm sitting there. I do that all the time. I'm sitting there going, "I wish you'd get to the point." I'm not saying I'm not saying it, but I'm thinking, "I wish you get the point." Oh, wait a minute. The point is, she just wants to connect. Shut up. Listen. <laughs> And repeating the last couple of words they say is always good too. Not just, I mean, this works not just with women, but in in um, business as well. Uh, if you're in a negotiation situation, um, certainly um, one of the programs I teach is negotiation magic, which is a program that I've written. But one of the, the strategies you use is um, you 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 repeat the last couple of words. So when they finish speaking, you you know, and you say, "Oh, um, you finished speaking," and then they'll start talking more and giving more information but in a relationship perspective it you know the 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 lady will keep talking your your partner will keep talking and she will actually feel even more connected to you because you've only said a couple of words this is the thing for guys it's easy for us we only have to say a couple of words and all of a sudden she feels really connected to you and then you know if she feels connected to you guess what you're going to have fun that night um you know (laughs) (laughs) we we had that where we're at a, a christmas party this is before covid and um, and coming back to the dancing thing, we're on table, and I was there with my partner, and you know the the, the couple were there. He'd never ever danced, and um, 
and 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 finally convinced him that dancing was a good thing so he got up he didn't know how to and he was just shuffling around and and we we're moving around him and, and his partner and and um you know because we, we talked uh, i'm shortening the conversation but we had talked about you know the benefits and things like that and i and i and as we're going, talking i said so is he going to get rewarded when he when when he gets home and she goes yeah he's going to get so rewarded <laughs> and it was like <laughs> and i go are you going to dance again he goes oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I, I, I've I've dabbled a bit in it, come out of my shell in my in my old age, post in, in my forties. But uh, I can't say I'm the world's best dancer. But uh, but I'm I'm learning. I'm learning a little bit, I think, here and there. <laughs> and you, that's the thing. You don't have to. You just have to try. Um, yeah. Girls appreciate the fact that you tried. So you said so you don't even have to be an expert. This is why it's easy for us. And, mm-hmm. and but it's also you know again coming back to that point, no amount of skill fixes a poor partner choice. That's not to say one's wrong. Means that you find someone that connects with, and and if the if the woman connects with you and she appreciates you, she's going to appreciate those those things that you've done that you've made an effort. Gray talks about that in his book. You know, just just making an effort is, you know, it, it's appreciated with the right person. If they're not the right person date someone else right right wow so speaking about efforts um we we do like to always highlight uh a moment where we call our two dads quit moment where you felt like you were an awesome dad or you did something that you just you know that day you looked in the mirror and you were like man today i did a dad thing no one else could beat me um and we'd love to hear one of those moments from you it was a, it was a moment that well, the one that stands out was um was with my son um obviously but we were at the cinema we're watching the movie June and um I don't know have you seen the the movie I uh, haven't by, by the way I'm noticing yeah. Damien that you're a, you're a movie guy it's, it seems like right because you've quoted movies I'm a major movie guy but you quoted the one movie I haven't yeah, I've got Kevin Costner <laughs> here in my background yeah the I can one see movie that I haven't seen is June so I, I damn it but I've seen probably most <laughs> yeah. of the ones you've quoted so far <laughs> well anyway, I've um on. yeah I have a yeah I, I I worked a little bit in film and television I had my own production company and and we no uh, produced a few things I was in um nightmares and dreamscapes with um Tom Berenger um I got cut oh. Mostly, I mean, they're there for half a second because I couldn't act for shit. Um, but, but I'm wow. in there just for that little bit. No way. Do you have, um, do you have an IM? Nice. Do you have an IMDb? Are you? Uh, do you yeah, do you... I'm on the IM. If you search me on IMD, you can see there's a movie I wrote called Scary Legends. Um, it, oh, it, man. we never finally finished. We shot a lot of it. I've I've got a number of scenes on YouTube. Uh, actually, I don't wow. think I published them. I've loaded them. But yeah, um, and I had a, a TV awesome. on the local community TV station here. I had a. Uh, 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 what is it? The variety show where we, we there was three hosts, um, and and then we had some skits. I did some send up comedy of Steve O, and before he died, I actually I went mm. to this thing where we chasing we had to save the hairy hat, which was like this Russian hat that we had on a string line that I'm chasing around trying to catch, and then it's you know, biting me, and it was like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, having a bit of fun. All right, we that. got we got to check that out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and there was like the, one of the scenes in because I wrote the, the it just it was, um, yeah, it was. It, I I like fart humor, um, and you know there was this scene you where it's a really serious. 
<laughs> there's the, this scene where the girl's talking getting you know because the, the, this guy died as a result of that but it was because she she played you know uh, and this is really crass for you i'm just if, if you, you know um for your viewers just if you if that offends you tune out now but it was like you know she's talking about this whole story where this guy died as a result of her actions and you know, her you know, her and her friend were playing this this um <clears throat> you know they, they were together and, and they, were, they were teasing this guy that was there and and um uh, you know, because that you know, trying to show that they were being losing it. And they said, Well, yeah, if you want us to go further, um, they, we, they just said, Play the self blow job initiation. Said, Well, if you can suck your thing, um, we'll we'll kiss each other. Um, and then and and he goes, He could do it, but then he broke his neck and died, you know. And it was like, <laughs> um, so there was a lot of that crass type humor in there yeah. that uh, you know, get to do. So there's a lot of things like that, but that's why there's a lot of connection to movies, but this answering Ben's question, sorry, Ben, you said you're waiting for an answer. Your Where were up. we? I'm, up, I'm on I'm Took a bit changes. of a detour. I've never, I've never been diagnosed with, you know, ADHD or whatever it is. So you can't prove that. <laughs> it's okay. So it's okay. This weekend I uh, launched the uh, clips version of uh, our YouTube channel. So now mm-hmm. we can, for all those people who do have attention problems, they can go to two dead to quit clips. Yeah, segue, take the nice. podcast in awesome. pieces nicely done Ben's always the marketer nice nice job Pro- product ben. placement i love it i don't yeah. like ads but product placement like that i really appreciate that was well beautiful, done, so. that was beautiful. <laughs> anyway yeah you were talking about june but coming right? back to the point yeah so yeah. june so yeah. in the, the movie june we we're watching that and there's a scene in that where the the um, father and the son because the, the son's supposed to take over the role and they're having this talk about that and, and the son and the, the father's talking to the son and says look um you know what you do is up to you uh you you are you are already everything that you need to be from my perspective you're my son that's all you ever are that's all i'll ever expect of you as being my son and, and we both looked at each other and laughed because that's what i've been saying to to <laughs> benjamin for a long time is that I, you can do whatever you want to do you're already everything you need to be you're my son i'll support you whatever it is that you you want to be it's not for me to tell you how to live your life you're my son you're everything you need to be um and and we've we connect over that all the time so we it comes up a lot where we, we joke about that and and um yeah so that was it was a pivotal moment i think and as it comes back to that packet of chips we were talking about before where my dad recognized you know that i'm my own man and um i'm always going to be his son and uh, and that's why i call him dad I don't call, I have friends that call their dads by the first name. I mean, and that's their choice. Everyone has their own choice. But for me, my dad is my dad um, and he'll always be my dad. And and I will always be, you know, his son in the sense of now I'm an adult as well. Um, that's why he can, he can ask me for advice. And so, you know, just, just accepting, and this comes, I guess, comes back to that point we we're talking about not changing, wanting to change the person. You know, I, I want to encourage my son to be his own man make his choices and and that was the moment where we kind of laughed and recognized you know yeah that we have that relationship so that was our packet of chips moment you know between yeah. myself and my son was you know you know you are my son that's all you ever need to be not only that june says it's right so it must be right because it's in the movies <laughs> there <laughs> you go that's, you that's can add so it to the clips yeah that's awesome it, beautiful oh good point i haven't put that in the clips oh because yeah. i've got a yeah 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 I've actually Must. cut it together in, you know, using iMovie and I got all these clips cut together. So uh, Awesome. Um, and then something else. <laughs> oh, why not? I'm into um, it. <laughs> so, yeah. And the, the last thing that we like to keep um, getting from our guests is 
some advice for either uh, a husband, a wife, a, a dad that's going through divorce, considering divorce, um, just some advice to, to get them through it, to maybe change their mind. Just, you know, you've been through it. You, you're on the other side. Um, I know it wasn't easy for you. Um, just something, mm. give them strength and inspire them and let them know, you know, from your perspective, you know, something that you wish you would have heard when you were going through it. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, it's balanced with, because I, I mean, I spent a lot of time trying to not get divorced. Um, and that's, you know, learning that point that no amount of skill is going to fix a poor partner choice in the sense of, you know, it was never going to work. It was never right from the very beginning. It was never going to work. Um, and nothing that I did was going to change that. Um, but I think it's important to, for me, you know, recognizing that, you know, I, I'm, was always a good person inside. Yeah. Some of my behaviors weren't, you know, could have been better. Um, but as a good person, that you, you are a good person inside that you are, you know, if you're recognizing that you've got things to work on, then you're a good person. You're not, you're mm. not a sociopath. You're not you know, a narcissist or anything like that. As much as you might get a whole bunch of that stuff thrown at you, mm. um, you you need to recognize um and there's a poem called man in the mirror not the michael jackson song there's another one um and it you know, goes along the lines of you know if you can look in the mirror and like yourself which comes back to you know I was talking about with my dad then that's that's all that matters and that's what you really need to to find that in your source of strength that you are a good person that you and that you you know if you like yourself it doesn't matter what gets thrown at you. You can work through it and keep moving forward. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a challenging one. There's, you know, there's a lot of different dynamics in, in that. Um, like you mentioned about, you know, most of the divorces initiated by, by the women, you know, that's something I think we need to change that, you know, if it's not, if your relationship is not working and you are going to break up, do and a number of people, wise people told me that they said play it with a straight bat you know don't if it's not working um the sooner you get things in terms of the law like some orders as far as parenting those kind of things um the easier it's going to be and we try and delay that and and you'll know from you'll as being a lawyer you know if, if it's in writing and you've got it per the law you've got a lot more legal standing yeah. than if you don't um, and certainly when you're talking about abductions and things like that, where people deny access, all that kind of thing, mm. it's, it's almost impossible to deal with if you don't have some sort of legal framework to rely upon and without parenting orders, you don't, um, it's well, certainly in, in Australia, don't, I don't know what the laws are like in, in all the other countries, but you know, um, so yeah, what number one is, um, you know, like yourself, you know, look in the mirror and recognize that you are a good person and you should do that regardless no matter what your life is like you should like yourself you are an amazing human being um take time to help others would be the other thing i'd put in there and mm -hmm. you know formalize things legally as soon as possible love that yeah, yeah that's really great advice um before we you know wrap up here do you want to talk about fam the family peace foundation um at um, all or oh, any would... of the other things that you're doing or where we can follow you or people can reach out to you. Yeah. 
the Family Peace Foundation was, I was asked to set that up. That was something back in 2014. So I was appointed as CEO to set that up. <clears throat> um, and what I found in doing the research there, we, um, that in, in, in this space of, of relationships, that kind of thing, um, you know, there's not a lot of areas where you can get help. Um, like by comparison to what else is out there in other areas. For example, if, if you have an alcohol po- problem, where do you go? Um, you know, AA, it's, mm-hmm. it's global. It's, you know, and you can attend for, in most cases, free or just a nominal thing that you put forward. And not only that, in most areas, if you go, if you go to the AA website, and this is global, if you go to the AA website and put your address in within seven kilometers of where you live, or was it three and a half miles for people still following that thing? Um, I'd like to go back in time too. I've got, a, I've got, I've got a, you know, I've got a Marty McFly time machine. Um, <laughs> I, ha- I have three Lego DeLoreans, um, <laughs> all built in the three different configurations. I've, I've got they're, a Back to the Future. Back, uh, the I, yeah, I've got a Back to the Future movie poster, so we're we're all in good company here. <laughs> exactly. The, the, there's a new DeLorean coming out. By the way. Oh wow! Yes, I've seen it. It looks awesome. Um, and now I've got distracted as to where we're going with that. <laughs> um, so we, where were we going with that? Um, you were talking about miles, seven miles, three miles. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. So for AA, there's so you know, within seven kilometers of where you live, there's an AA meeting happening that night, so you can get support. Um, if you want to be a better speaker in public or improve your confidence in that area, where, where do you go? I mean, Toastmasters. Now, and and you know, there's a number of organisations around the world that have a structure for going. Okay, we need to provide help here, um, and they've got a structure that can be easily replicated. And and that's how that works. I mean, AA meetings. Then they're not. It's not like an organisation where people are employed. It's it's people following a formula. So in, in what we were doing with the Family Peace Foundation, one of the things we did, um, we had um, a, a filming session where we had a, a lunch. So it was a high-class lunch at the, the founder's benefactor's home. He's very wealthy. Him and his wife are very wealthy individuals. And so we had this lunch. We had the table set up. We had a very classy dinner that was catered. Um, and we had brought in 14 people from what we knew were strong families that their, their relationships are strong their, their kids were you know doing well that kind of thing we didn't bring in couples just one person we only had um room for eight people on the table and we brought in two psychologists rep, uh, very notable psychologists here in australia um dr michael carr greg and sabina reed and the, so the psychologists asked these people about issues that happen in a in, in a family and how these people dealt with it and so, and what would the aim was was to film that and get some feedback, you know, and use those little clips to to share with other people so that they could um, learn from that. And then just little snippets could go on social media, go on the website, that kind of thing. Now, coming from a corporate background, I and I was because I was directing this, um, I noticed that the men were starting to do a lot of the talking. And having that corporate background, I'm going, oh my God, I'm going to get accused of men dominating the conversation. You know, so the ladies that were off camera, I went to them and said, look, I'm a bit concerned that, um, you know, the men are doing all the talking here and they're dominating the conversation. And all the ladies, they all stood up and said, no, we never hear guys talking about this stuff. We're loving listening to what they've got to say. Mm. And I was like, light bulb moment. Uh, in the right environment, guys will actually talk about this stuff. Mm. Um and so that was one takeaway from that. The other takeaway from that was um, 
I called everyone up about a month later to ask for some feedback of what we did. Um, and, you know, if we were to do it again, how could we improve it? That kind of thing. What I wasn't expecting and was interesting that every one of those 14 people went away, organized their own dinner party to have these discussions with their friends. So oh. it was like, okay, here is, this is the, um, <clears throat> um, in the right environment, mental talk to, if you give people a structure in this space, um, they will go and do that. And so and that's where what I'm doing now, because um, the Family Peace Foundation has gone through a number of different iterations. It's not actually public at the moment. So there's mm. some more work on it because um, my role was to set up, which we got it set up and then some other people took over and it sort of hasn't gone where they, they wanted to go. But I went away and I started, as you can see in the background, share.care, um, which share is strong, healthy and inspiring relationships. And when I was looking for the web name, I wanted dot com but that was taken but dot care was there and that's even better um mm. so i grabbed that and and strong healthy inspiring relationships from it you'll know ben from a marketing point of view it's unique i looked up in the dictionary it wasn't a word um so like cool you know that's a good marketing angle <clears throat> and then mm. after i'd registered everything i did some more research apparently it's an islamic word but it means fountain of all wisdom so it's like that's cool wow <laughs> yeah that's a win that's that's beautiful that's awesome yeah, so it's, it's created, and what I did was I created, um, and from the research we did, there's 10 principles that create a strong, 10 seems to be a good number, AA is 10 rules, you know, mm. um, or the 10, there's 10, was it 10 commandments in the 10 Bible? 10 commandments, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so. Wait, was it, wasn't AA 12, isn't it 12 steps, or what's, what's the Oh, 10 maybe rules? it's 12 steps. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I, I, I've, yeah, At least 10. I, I thought, it, I, I, yeah. At least I, 10. I did, yeah. I'm, yeah. Um, Maybe I've got that wrong. I, I, yeah. Again, I'm not perfect. I'm, yeah, well, I'm a good exactly. person, but I'm not perfect. Yeah, and, <laughs> and we're mistakes. definitely not mathematicians here, so close enough. But anyway, <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, we and so I, from the research that I'd done in setting up the Family Peace Foundation, I, I came up with ten principles for that create a strong, healthy, inspiring relationship. And the first one is responsibility. You're responsible for your own actions. Um, you know, in there and we deal with things, you know, one of the other principles is money, having a secure, you know, being, having a secure foundation because a lot of arguments the couples have are to do with money. Yeah. Um, the 10th one is having a plan. So having mm -hmm. a direction, not only because, and this is interesting, the, a lot of the couples that I know that are in, in really, I mean, the, the founder of the family peace foundation, him and his wife and their family, they've got seven children and I think 14 grandchildren every two years they have a family meeting where they they plan out the goals for the family they've obviously got their own individual goals but as a family they have goals so they, they actually have a board meeting where wow. they they plan this out um so that's where plan is in this so there's there's 10 principles in there and it's on the share.care website which is share.care um and i also said re, i mentioned before i rewrote the knight's code um, you know, these are, you know, and one of the first ones is that um, to laugh at yourself and not take offense at the opinions of others. Because, I mean, how much of today do we go, oh, that offends me? Well, you, you can't, you know, someone can't offend you. You can be offended. Mm. Someone, um, I, it doesn't matter what anyone says to me. I, I'm not going to be offended by it. That's your opinion. You're entitled to it. It's sticks, not my sticks opinion. Sticks and stones. Sticks and stones. It's, yeah, that's what I grew up with. Yeah, I, oh, say yeah. That, I, say that to my, I say that to my kids now and they don't believe me. It's no. like. No, really. <laughs> well, and, and that's one. Yes, sorry, I was going to say, Dan, and also I think that was in Stephen Covey's in The Seven Habits. Eleanor Roosevelt said, right? Nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. I think it was exactly. Eleanor Roosevelt. 
That's exactly right. And and that's why that's one of the first, uh, as far as the code goes, I mean, and that's on the share.care website as well. It's one of the the key headings. This Mm. is the code. Um, And so, and then from there, I've also created a community hub where people can connect. Haven't really been promoting it um, yet because, but it's, it's actually a social media hub designed the the business model behind that is no ads yes product placement great you know ben well done (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so it will never have any ads but it it has the ability for for jobs to be posted there so there's a whole section that's like a a job we call it seek here um we've got there's a there's you can post videos you can have your own community group which can be you can have a completely private group where no one can even see it there um, you can you can post there's an eBay section so you can actually have sales that um, there's a course section like a Udemy it's all together in one hub that we've created so that's something I'm working towards over the next next 10 years is to to have this for people that actually want to be inspired moving forward without ads um, I read Mad Magazine as a kid you know the net and yep. <laughs> never ever had ads you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like so it can be done it because who you know, I had ads. <laughs> Um, and, you, and and how much stuff do you see on YouTube where it's someone promoting some stupid crap that they've got and, and then throw some ads in there as well to make it even worse. Um, so that, that's well, forgive where, us if, so this, we, uh, if our YouTube video ever has ads on your interview, but <laughs> <laughs> that'll be, we, we are going to be, we are going to be calling Pringles not, when we're done here. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so so that's one of the things that i've, I've done now and, and I'm, I'm actually working with um some, some people around the world uh one of the things i'm working on at the moment is um you know as you're probably aware in, in afghanistan women are not allowed to go to get education anymore mm-hmm. um and i'm working with some people to help you know women be able to get education um so wow. we're working on a couple wow. of things you know in, in, around the world to do with that um, you know, and, and from a you know the 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 breakup perspective, you know, provide you know I work with a lot of dads, but it's not just dads, but you know how to you know to do things, and it's interesting how many things you can do, um, you know that the lawyers don't do. They go, oh, this is just the process, and it's like, oh, you just need to accept that you're not going to get the kids, and it's like, no, that's not right. The court doesn't have that attitude. The court has its rules. Um, as as you will know, y'all, there's these acts that it follows, and mm-hmm. if you meet, if you lay out your argument in accordance with those act, with what's in the act, then that's you're making it. You know, it's like um, an example a, a dad gave, which was great. He said, you know, when you ask for a pay rise, you don't say I want a pay rise. You say, well, here's all the reasons I'm going to, you know, provide benefit, um, mm. and and justify why they should give you a pay rise. And and you'll know yourself, y'all, from having done this, you lay out your argument in terms of the various acts and and case law. Um, and make the decision easier for the and, and you also note you know and a lot of like in Australia a lot of people don't realize they go oh you know the first hearing the first return um, or even directions hearing you know the orders have to be by consent well that's not true the 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 family law rules provide that a senior registrar can make interim orders they can't make final orders they don't have the power to do that but so if you lay out things to show that you know an interim order should be made you can get orders at the very first return mm. um, because the registrar has the power to do that but no one boy you know most very few people i've never actually never seen anyone do it other than me um to go okay this is senior registrar here's the rule you know the submissions here's the rule you can make this decision and <laughs> you can make right. this interim order the rule this rule says you can this is the act parts of the act that say how it is you know what what guides that decision and here's everything that fills in and shows that and yeah you know, it works quite well 
Wow. I don't know how you find the time, Damien. That's amazing. Oh, everything you're doing. Well, I told you. I didn't know. My dad told me you don't get tired. So. Amazing. <laughs> uh, you invent I'll, I'll, I'll sleep when I die. You know? Yeah. 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 That was in a movie. Um, <laughs> okay. I, you can quote I don't know which movie, like. but it was in a movie. <laughs> I don't know what the movie is. I don't know. It's been, it's been in the movie of my life for a very long I'll get time. All, yeah. I get all the but, sleep uh, I need when I'm dead. It was in a movie. I can't remember which movie that. Yeah, we got to look that up. So, as opposed to you, I don't really watch movies or remember movies. So oh, man. I, I <laughs> remember nothing. So it could be well, that's a movie, Einstein's principle. No Einstein said, why remember anything you can look up? It clogs up your thinking capacity. And that sounds like where you're at, Ben. <laughs> More or less, which is also why I wear the same shirt all the time, because why, why bother <laughs> trying to figure that out, too? So I guess I'm I'm destined to be a millionaire, I suppose. Barack, Barack, um, Barack Obama did that. Yeah, you know, um, I think it was Barack Obama. He had the same clothes all the time um, because it was remove that decision making process. Uh, right. Definitely Mark Zuckerberg. I'm not sure about Barack. Steve Jobs yeah. also, I think the black and turtle. Steve Jobs, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a marketing thing, yeah. 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 Um. So anyway, thank you so much for Thanks being here. We this was amazing yeah we've gone a little uh, bit over time <laughs> but that's, that's okay right. i've enjoyed you're it. very generous with your time thank you amazing uh, well i'd love to have more conversations if you're up for that so and, and maybe two. you can, can round two and 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 maybe you know you can join us on um the shared.care podcast as well so yeah we, we'd love to do that and um, before you go um i would like to tell everybody to please tune in to dad to quit.com to dad to quit podcast to dad to quit anywhere you want to find instagram facebook we just opened up a tiktok and twitter so please reach out we do want to share your story we are always looking for good guests that are relevant that uh you know if you know anybody who would benefit from this information from these stories uh please share it with everybody and thank you for listening and we'll see you next week thank you for listening to the to dad to quit podcast Available to dadtoquit.com. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode.